Register for the Packet Pushers live stream sponsored by network automation vendor Glueware coming up on June 28th, 2022 at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific. The cost is free to you. We want you there to ask the Glueware team hard questions. Register at packetpushers.net slash live. That's packetpushers.net slash live, and we'll see you on June 28th. This episode of Full Stack Journey is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Start or grow your IT career with online IT training from IT Pro TV, and we have a special offer for Full Stack Journey listeners. Sign up and save 30% off all plans. Visit itpro.tv slash full for 30% off all plans and use promo code full at checkout. itpro.tv slash full. Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Full Stack Journey podcast, where we talk about the ongoing evolution of the IT professional. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm your host, Scott Lowe, and my goal today, as always, is to help equip and prepare listeners for their journey of learning across the full stack of technologies that are present in today's data centers and cloud environments. Uh, Joining me today is Christian Hernandez, who is with CodeFresh, and we are going to be talking about a term that you have undoubtedly seen or read about. It seems to be the new hotness, and that is uh, GitOps. So Christian, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, how are you doing? I am doing well, thank you so much for asking. Hey, um, before we get into our uh, topic today, where we're gonna be talking about GitOps and you're gonna be schooling us on what that's all about, uh, maybe just share a little bit about yourself with listeners and, and feel free, by the way, to include, you know, social media information, you know, blog URL, whatever, in case people want to follow you online. Yeah, yeah, no, good. So I, my background, so it's it's always hard to to try to summarize, you know, without going too far back, right? Like in the beginning, you don't want to go that, that far back. But um, so my background is mainly um, in, in operations and release management in the IT world. So I, I think that's like the best place to start because at the place that I was, was, you know, I, I was around right around the time where, you know, Atlassian did that whole, the Agile Manifesto, I don't know, there's probably those, and then the, you know, kind of the birth of, of, of DevOps, right? And I think that's where, you know, I, I was in that sweet spot where it was like the beginning of everything, but I still kind of had the, the you know, the background of like racking servers manually. You know, a, a lot of people now skip that part of their careers <laughs> because we're so far ahead now, but there was a time where you started your career it was backbreaking work. You know, you were you were racking servers and, you know, you were running network cables. So um, I was at, not in a nice sweet spot where, um, you know, I knew a little bit of the before and, you know, the new up and coming DevOps thing. So I was, you know, around that time, that's kind of like my background, you know, getting started with DevOps in, um, you know, as a system administrator and then later as like, you know, release management, you know, did that for for a long time until, um, I actually moved on to Red Hat, right? So I've, I was at Red Hat for about eight years. Now, around the time of the PaaS wars, right? Platforms as a service wars, if, if those I could remember, it was a short-lived thing. Really, it was OpenShift from Red Hat and then uh, uh, Mesos from, you know, the upstream from the Apache uh, project and also uh, Cloud Foundry. There were like the big PaaS things were, were, were going on and kind of joined Red Hat at that time. And then I was at Red Hat for about eight years and I... Again, that sweet spot, I, I experienced 
you know, the rewrite from OpenShift from using, you know, their own um, internal PaaS platform to Kubernetes, right? So I was, you know, Kubernetes is still new. You know, I don't want to say I was there in the beginning with Kubernetes. I think everyone was, um, you know, I, I learned how, how it went uh, with, with Kubernetes. And, you know, after, you know, being on the OpenShift team doing Kubernetes things, at Red Hat for a while, I turned over to, you know, starting working with GetOps, right? And I think this is a good segue, I think, for, for the next topic we're going to talk about, but, you know, doing GetOps at, at Red Hat and then eventually coming over to CodeFresh, you know, to, you know, help out, um, you know, build out their uh, their open source footprint, um, you know, in, in the GetOps world, right, in the in the community. So that's that's kind of like my, you know, not even 10,000 foot view, maybe 100,000 foot view, uh, you know, my, my background. I've done a little bit of everything, essentially. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of the things that you mentioned are things that I went through as well. Racking and stacking, been there, done that. Um, right. I was I was around during the Paz Wars and remember, uh, you know that that whole process. So yeah, some some similarities there. Uh, well, thanks thanks for that, Christian. I think um, I think your experience, you know, kind of does uh, make you an ideal guest for us to talk about this thing called GitOps, which you know, is, is a term you, you've been seeing it kind of all over the place. And I, I think the first time I saw it was in relation to Weaveworks. And mm -hmm. I'm not even sure what year that was, but it's been a few years now. But from your perspective, you know, why don't we start with defining, you know, GitOps? What is it? And I think also equally importantly, you know, what isn't it, right? And then from there, yeah. we can, we can sort of build up uh, what we want to share with the listeners around how they might be able to get started with something like this. Yeah, yeah. So it's this is always a fantastic question, and it's always a question that I can you know, talk to hours about. But um, I'll, I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to summarize it, or I give it at least a good good information uh, to where what what GitOps is, right? And so you're right. Where is that? It was actually a term coined at, at WeaveWorks. Um, I think they. Um, Actually, it was uh, Alexis Richardson who actually coined it, who is the CEO of Weaveworks. And uh, for a while there, Weaveworks was, this is around like, you know, the pre-Kubernetes, but kind of post-Docker kind of world. Uh, and Weaveworks is actually a, a hosted service, right? So Weaveworks is a hosted service. And they, this is a great, I, I would recommend anyone to like, just like Google this story. You know, you can Google the origins of, of GetOps and, you know, it'll be on the first, you know, first page, but the, the the origin is that the the fact that they had an outage, someone fat fingered a configuration, and um, they lost an entire region. Right, they were using AWS at the, and they lost an entire region, and so and then they recovered within a half hour. Right, and so and I always find this funny and uh, a little bit charming for from 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 Alexis Richardson, who said his first thought was, "Why did we come back so fast?" Which is. Which which is funny because like usually you would think of a boss to be like really upset that you know you you were down for thirty minutes and lost you know however however many millions you lose right or you know hundreds of thousands depending on the you know you, you know what time is money right like if you're down and you're hosted service you're losing a lot of money and at first it's like why did we come which you know why did we come back so fast which is I think it's a, it's it's a good lesson in like how to react to things and basically he got an explanation from the SREs on what they did, right? Like how, how do they manage the platforms? And really GitOps has its birth in the SRE culture, right? Like we, we you know, SREs need a way to manage and, and keep their SLAs up and running. And so they have all these practices, right? And so really GitOps is, is, is a refinement of things that I think people were already doing, right? People always ask me, 
Does GitOps a buzzword or is GitOps a real thing? And the answer is yes to those two questions, right? Because, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like it can be a real thing and it also can be a buzzword. And so, and, and that fact, the buzzword aspect of it was what birthed the creation of the Open GitOps Working Group. So the Open GitOps Working Group, for those who are curious, it's go to website, opengitops.dev. And there, the Open uh, GitOps Working Group was a group started by Weaveworks, by Codefresh, uh, Red Hat, AWS, and Microsoft to define what GitOps is. Because there was, you know, and I think that this is still true, there was a lot of you know, articles and, you know, people saying like, well, this is our interpretation of GitOps. And like, really, it shouldn't be our interpretation, right? Like, there really should be a clearly defined way of what GitOps is. And so like, WeaveWorks, again, uh, partnered with, you know, all, all these other companies, Codefresh, Red Hat, Microsoft, uh, AWS. I, if I'm missing one, I'm, I'm going to get, you know, I'm, I'm part of the, I'm a maintainer. So uh, I may get uh, pegged if I <laughs> accidentally miss a name, but um, it was really a, a community and saying, hey, let's define what GitOps is. So that way people have kind of like a guiding a guiding way of, of heading somewhere, right? So the, the uh, Open GitOps, uh, we released the version one of the GitOps principles, right? And, and you know, I'm not going to read them word for word, right? But there's really four principles for GitOps. One is that it's declarative, right? And declarative really kind of maps to the infrastructure as code sort of thing. You know, you you have a declarative way of uh, instead of an imperative way of of, of describing your um, uh, your system, right? That's also the second principle is that it's versioned and immutable. So it has to be versioned and immutable. So this is kind of like where the Git and GitOps is. The principle number two, even though Git is an implementation of principle number two, you don't have to necessarily use Git for GitOps. I know it's in the name but you don't have to use Git for GitOps because you can use like an S3 backing storage, right? That is version that is also immutable. So therefore it, it matches the principles. It's pulled automatically. And this is one that I actually kind of have a problem with <laughs> because people get caught up in like the push versus pull, right? Like, well, if I'm pushing my configurations, then is it not GitOps? No, no, the, the pulled automatically really means that it's pulled from the source, meaning that um, essentially, uh, the, the the GitOps operator, right, or, or the GitOps engine does a Git clone. Essentially, it doesn't. So it, it's this kind of. Um, and, and you asked about what it is, and this differentiates it from something like um, a CI system or like uh, GitHub Actions, because webhooks isn't GitOps. You will use it in your GitOps workflow, but webhooks themselves aren't GitOps, and that's because. The, the system needs to pull the configurations, right? The configurations don't need to be pushed, right? Via webhook. And then number four is also uh, an important one, continue, continuously reconciled, meaning that it's uh, an asynchronous process where it ch it's, um, if you think about Kubernetes and how Kubernetes works with, uh, with like pods, right? You think about deployments and you think about pods and, and a pod, you know, the, the, the scale of a deployment uh, changes the deployment controller is continuously looking at at that state, and then it'll and then it'll correct that drift, right? So it's um, a system is continuously reconciled is what makes GitOps, right? And really, those are the four principles. Again, you can read OpenGitOps.dev 
where we have these principles listed, right? And you can get more, more information about that. But really, it is a way of GitOps was birthed off of DevOps and the SRE movement. And it's really a refinement of those practices to kind of meet today's cloud native, Kubernetes native uh, ecosystem that's happening. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And listeners, I'll make sure that our link to opengitops.dev is in the show notes. So don't worry about scrambling to write that down. We'll have it in the show notes for you and you can just click through and look at some of the principles that Christian was just describing, which I was doing while he was talking. So um, yeah, good stuff here. Now, one of the things that has been um, kind of on my mind since I started thinking about GitOps and I saw the rise of like a number of tool sets, we'll call them, that describe themselves as continuous delivery, where you know you will uh, make a change to your source code, which then in turn may kick off the building of additional binaries or container images in a container in a you know container orchestration world, right? And then there's this workflow that will you know make sure that that gets deployed. And if I if I sort of understood correctly, I guess the way to think about these two is that is that that pulling aspect of it, right? I mean, like if I'm a if I'm looking at a continuous delivery system like Argo CD or something of that nature, and I have a workflow that I kick off and then it's going to go and it's essentially gonna push an update down to the platform as opposed to the platform reaching up and pulling changes down from the platform. Is that is that a way to look at this or is it more nuanced than that? Yeah, it's really more um, more nuanced than that, right? And so that's that's in the that's in the right realm. Something like GitOps, right? So like you mentioned Argo CD, Argo CD is um, one of the GitOps tools and Flux is another one where they they focus on that little that little ending aspect of of continuous delivery, right? Like that little how do how do my changes end up on my target system? And that's that CD job, right? And so it's also a little, it's it's an asynchronous process as well, right? And so it, it's not depending on the uh, on the CI system, right? And so this is where it's it's a little like when when I say it's a little nuanced, it's you know some people think well, well you know what you're describing is kind of like CI CD and these principles. It's like well no no I'm describing CD and I'm describing CD in a specific way in this what is GetOps right? Because um you know with 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 GetOps the CI and CD is decoupled, right? You normally think of them as, as one process. And I think this is because, you know, something like Jenkins, right? That's That's been around for, for, for such a long, long time, kind of like it's a platform that did both, right? And so like people started thinking them as, as the same thing, but really a CI system is, is a synchronous process. And in GitOps, the CD process is asynchronous. And so it, it, it really, you know, the CI doesn't really know what happened in the CD other than the fact that it ran. And so that's really what GetOps is, is that the little nuance last piece that one, not only takes care of delivering um, the changes to the system, but also making sure that the system is in sync with the declared the declared state. So one more question, just to, I think, pull out, if we can, around the relationship between CD and GetOps. It makes sense. What you're describing as far as CI goes, you know, we, we describe a CI pipeline with a series of tasks that run and they are synchronous. You know, all these things run in sequence and they do whatever it is that they are in, intended to do, right? But then the asynchronous nature of, of CD 
is different. You know, after CI is done, then we go to and we say, okay, now I'm going to deliver what that pipeline provided right down to my underlying platform. But my question is this, would it be reasonable then to think of GitOps as a particular, I'm going to say implementation, but that may be the right word, a particular means of achieving CD? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's actually exactly right, where it's, it's, a, it's a nuanced way of, of doing CD. It's a, it's a means of, of providing CD. Okay. All right. I just want, you know, like a lot of the listeners to the podcast may not be deeply embedded in these sorts of things. And so they hear all these terms and they don't know how to necessarily like relate them to one another. Right. Yeah. And so they just hear people, like you were saying earlier, throwing CI and CD together um, because that's the way it used to be. And they think that it has to be together. And then now they're hearing GitOps and they're like, wait a minute, how do these things relate to each other? And how do I think about or explore the possibility of, of using something like this in my environment? You know, can I get benefits from it? But before we can talk about the benefits of it, we really need to help them understand like yeah. you know, sort of how this relates to everything else, right? Give them exactly. some scaffolding to, to build upon. So now that we have that in place, let, let me ask you this. And then I want to get into some a little more, you know, technical details. So we've defined what GitOps is, and we've, we've got the open GitOps.dev site where people can look at the GitOps principles. We've kind of given them some you know, scaffolding around how this relates to CI and CD. Um, but why should listeners care about GitOps? Like, you know, I, I'm Joe Schmo, and you know, my organization is just now catching up to cloud native, and I hear all people talking about GitOps, you know, why should I care? Yeah, so it's it's um uh, I think the next evolution of how we deliver not only um, applications, not, not only how we deliver software, but actually how we manage the entire system as a whole. They're, especially with organizations adopting Kubernetes, they're, they're finding out relatively quick that you're going to get cluster sprawl. And that cluster sprawl, it's different than like the VM sprawl that we got with like virtualization, because now you have whole um, independent systems you know, out there running, you know, they're, you know, running their applications, right? Maybe you're, you're siloed, maybe you have different teams running different clusters. Um, maybe you have many clusters running different versions of the application. You have many clusters in different environments. So there's really, there's really some application, um, not even, a, not just application sprawl, but like cluster sprawl with Kubernetes, right? And so GitOps is a way to making sure that your system is running the way it is. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's these, you know, I call them GitOps controllers, GitOps engines. It, you know, well, when I say, when I say that, I mean like a specific tool like Argo CD or Flux that is running on the cluster, making sure that it's running, running in the state that, that you declared in the Git repo. Right. And really now, and I know I said you don't have to use Git, but I'm just going to, you know, use Git for the sake of simplicity. You know, you, your, your Git repo really becomes like that source of truth and really becomes a way to manage your, uh, your not, not only your, clust your clusters, but like your, your environment as a whole. And so the, that power, that, that, that method of, of doing operations via pull requests, right, having people being able to do things like approvals and um, you know approval gating and reviewing and you know once you click that merge button you know that's just going to go into your cluster you know automatically uh, because of those GitOps controllers. GitOps really now is becoming the cornerstone of other things that you're going to hear out there in the world, right? So like you hear things like DevSecOps, 
right? And um, application supply chain. GitOps is the cornerstone of those things, right? So GitOps is, is going to be a part of that bigger picture of like, okay, I want to set up a secure application supply chain where I'm doing DevSecOps with everyone on the team, you know, including security, including networking, to be able to deliver these applications at scale, um, you need that automation in place. And so, you know, that that is kind of like why why should you care is because it's going to be the cornerstone of a lot of other things you're going to hear um, out there, right? And so you have, you know, uh, the one that comes to mind is DevSecOps, really. So like, if, if you're, if you're, if you're hearing about DevSecOps and you started researching about DevSecOps, you're inevitably going to be going to go and then find out about GitOps only because that's kind of the the cornerstone to a lot of these other things. There's also other things like AI MLOps that that comes on uh, to play for for those that are that are into um, you know AI and machine learning, uh, you know, running those Jupyter notebooks sort of you know out of my realm of of, of knowledge, but that's also another thing where uh, you know GitOps um, starts rearing its head, right? And, the things other the, the the whole splat ops kind of kind of deal is the uh is is get ops is starting to become the cornerstone of those gotcha okay so you know i, I i've been in the Kubernetes space for a while and you know i'm sort of you know intensely familiar with you know this sort of thing and i'm just i, I want to talk through this for listeners who may still be in the process of catching up like you know we we, we with kubernetes we bring out this this declarative platform where we can say this is what we want the state of the system to be, right? And so we could say, you know, I want to have a deployment that ensures that there are three pods always running or five pods always running or whatever. And I want to have a service that exposes pods that match these criteria, so on and so forth, right? And I guess, you know, what you're describing is, you know, we have this declarative system. So what should be considered the gold standard by which that system should be judged, right? What is the desired state that it has to reconcile against it? Is, is the desired state what is currently on the cluster or is the desired state something else, right? And that something else is, you know, now what you're describing is a, a version control repository, typically Git, but as you mentioned, doesn't have to be, right? That where all these things are being defined um, or a series of repositories where all these things are being defined. And that gives operations teams the ability to say, this is what it should be. This is... This is the source of truth um, that that defines what we want our system to reconcile against. And now we've got this controller or set of controllers that are going to help us with the process of reconciling what is found in that repository, which is now gated through pull request approvals and code reviews and blah, 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 blah. Um, that's going to be the gold standard against which, you know, we're going to reconcile our environments. And that just gives us a way to kind of prevent, you know, this admin over here running kubectl edit to scale a deployment or kubectl scale, right? Whatever they're going to do. And then there being that mismatch between what they thought was in present and what's actually present, right? Is that is that a reasonable way to describe sort of like what we're, you know, the the key problem space that we're addressing here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I really, I'm glad you brought up the, the kubectl thing. Uh, I think uh, Kelsey Hightower, I, I saw Kelsey Hightower, I, I feel like, a little bit of a hipster. I saw him speak before it was cool. I saw um, Kelsey Hightower speak um, back when he was at CoreOS, right? So this is, this is way, way in the beginning. Um, and, you know, he was describing, you know, Kubernetes and he was saying, well, Kubernetes is really the system you build if I took you away your SSH keys, right? Like if I can't, if I don't allow you to log in to the system, then how would you design a system? And the Kubernetes is that answer, right? You, you, you design it with APIs and declarative, 
you know, um, uh, you know, uh, declarative objects, right? And so, and I like to take take that one step higher, right? Like with GetOps is like, well, well, GetOps is what you get if I take away your kubectl, right? Like, you know, what if I take away your kubectl? How would you manage your system? And really, is GetOps is is, is a way you're going to have to have some interface, which is Git or some version control system, to interact with your system. And so, and so, yeah. So like, if even if you have kubectl access, that's fine. You, you're going to scale a cluster, but you know, um, my GetOps controller, right? Me, me as a as as a, as an admin, right, of, of the system. I know that, um, you know, something like Argo CD is going to fix that for me. It's going to reconcile that because you changed the current state and my desired state says something else. And Argo CD will always listen to something. <laughs> I've always listened to the uh, desired state. I interrupt this podcast because I want you to do something. It's not hard. Go to packetpushers.net slash live and register to attend the live stream we are running with sponsor Glueware on June 28th, 2022 at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. When we do live stream events, we want as many people there in real time as possible asking questions. We have material to get through with Glueware, right? We're not gonna be able to address every question, but getting your questions along the way means we're gonna ask the Glueware team things we didn't think of on our own, and that means we get better information shared during the event and Glueware, they have a lot of information that they want to share. And by the way, we do not do that information sharing webinar style. Instead, the format is rapid fire, 10 minute sessions hosted by me, Greg and Drew. And each session covers a specific topic related to Glueware's network automation platform and their latest announcements. And yeah, there might be a few slides, but we're going to focus on seeing the product in action. If you're shopping for a network automation solution, this is the easiest homework you're ever going to do. Get caught up with the state of Glueware, hear how other customers are using the product on their networks, learn about a shiny new Glueware feature that I can't even talk about yet, and then figure out how all of this would map to your network, and then connect with the Glueware team to learn more or get help with a proof of concept test. Glueware has been a longtime sponsor of Packet Pushers, and their product is one of the standouts in the network automation field. This live stream is worth your time. Register at packetpushers.net slash live. That's packetpushers.net slash live. We do not give your contact information to Glueware just because you signed up. That is up to you. Opt into that or opt out. Privacy is a really big deal to us. Register for this event, June 28th, 2022 at packetpushers.net slash live, and we'll see you there. And now back to today's episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned seeing Kelsey early on. I went to the um, little side note here, off topic, but I went to the very first ever CoreOS meetup in San Francisco. Oh, I don't awesome. even remember what year it was. Um, and Kelsey was there. I'm sure he has no idea who I am, and that's okay, right? But he was there, and he did a little presentation, and and then. I have a long, funny story that I'll share with people over drinks sometimes about how my car got locked in a San Francisco garage and I couldn't get home. But that's, uh, you know, yeah, another story entirely. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, that, that's that's a really good point about, you know, like we just, we don't want people just going in and making changes. We want to have those changes come through a controlled source, a controlled mechanism uh, of being able to do that, right? So, okay. So we've kind of laid out what GitOps is and what it isn't and how to distinguish it or relate it to other technologies and, and you know pieces of this overall framework. And we've talked, kind of given listeners, hey, uh, here's why you should care. Now let's talk about you know some of the specifics. Let's say a listener is interested. They're like, you know, 
everything that Scott and Christian are talking about makes sense. I totally get all this and I see value in my organization, but I don't even know where to start. So, um, so there's kind of two questions in there and I'm gonna switch up the agenda I sent you a little bit. And yeah, let's, yeah. let's start with the second one and say, okay, somebody's brand new, where do they start? Like, how do they even begin to wrap their head around what they need to do to begin to put GitOps to work for them? Well, actually probably something that I should have mentioned first, but I'll, I'll, I'll mention it now because uh, it kind of fits, right? So they can one, always follow me on Twitter. My, my, my Twitter username is uh, ChristianH814. And this is another lesson in tech debt. So even I'm not, no, no one's immune to tech debt. I just picked that Twitter name just because I'm like, okay, this is a new thing called Twitter. And then didn't know that, you know, that's, that's going to be my brand for the rest of the rest of my life. But it is what it is. Christian H814. If they're following me there, I'm always tweeting about GitOps. I'm always there about GitOps. But I do think that uh, there, there's a few resources, right? Again, one, opengitops.dev. So opengitops.dev, that is the, the vendor neutral a CNCF sandbox project that is basically where all the, the the GitOps experts kind of get together and trying to kind of like a like a brain you know brain barn sort of thing of of GitOps right where where we call kind of kind of meet and talk about it get get familiar with that there is you know there, there there's GitOps tools right and and I know uh, I think maybe this is um um we're gonna segue to another topic later but there is GitOps tools I will um suggest reading up on Argo CD. And Flux, right? So Argo CD was—I'll um, get deep deeper into it later. But uh, Argo CD was invented by, um, was written by Intuit, developed internally Intuit, and then open sourced. Uh, same with Flux. Flux was internally developed at WeaveWorks and then open sourced. Those are what you're going to see commonly when you're when you're talking about GitOps as well. And you know that's that's really kind of just re- reading up up upon upon the tools, and reading up upon uh, Open GitOps. Where um, you know there's there's a lot of resources and a lot of lot of people there. Um, you can also follow Open GitOps on Twitter, right? I'll, I'll tweet out from that handle as well from time to time, which is basically just Open GitOps. And that's another place where um, you know resources are constantly being posted, right? So it's it's really it's the world of Twitter, right? It's the world of Twitter where um, where most people get their news from there. But th- those are the handles that that come out. There's webinars and there's you know. Um, workshops that are always being tweeted from those uh either from my handle or from the open GitOps handle so i think that's uh that's a, at least a good place to start there's 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 all, all kinds of stuff that also that uh out there but i think that's a that's a good start yeah no that's perfect i mean uh, you know um everybody's gonna have a different path uh sort of you know where how they get to their ultimate you know destination and that's kind of what this podcast is about is this is that journey of learning when you're always picking up new things and and having to evolve as an IT professional. So giving people a place to start is 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 good. Uh, listeners too, also, if you missed it, we had some podcasts on Argo, not just Argo CD, but all of the Argo projects a little while back. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. I don't remember the episode ID off the top, episode number off the top of my head. Um, no, I don't have them all memorized, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. And so if you haven't caught that episode, you might find it useful to listen to that after listening to this one and get some additional information on specifically on Argo and Argo's uh, products um, or projects rather. Um, so cool. All right, and that does kind of segue nicely into the next topic, which is that question of like projects and, and sort of getting started there. You mentioned Argo um, and Argo CD specifically um, as one option, Flux being the other. You know, we've been, we've been kind of dancing around this. It, it sounds like though largely that GitOps is 
mainly the realm of Kubernetes. Like, so what are some of the prerequisites that you feel like would be necessary for someone before they can really get into GitOps? Like, what are the things they need to know? I think Kubernetes is obviously one, but what else would you include in that list? Yeah, so I've always, um, so one, Kubernetes. So you're, you know, it's it's something that was born out of Kubernetes, trying to manage a Kubernetes system. And so definitely that that's something to get very, very familiar with. I always say now nowadays that you're going to have to be a YAML engineer <laughs> to get very comfortable with YAML. There's there, there's also, uh, and, and when I mean YAML, there's, there's also tools um, that you're going to need eventually down the line, right? Like it's, it's you know, things like customize, right? And, and customize, um, for those that don't know, it's a patching framework. Um, some people call it a templating framework. That's actually not 100% true. It's a patching framework um, <laughs> that's because you don't, you're going you're gonna to, you're going to find that you're duplicating a lot of YAML and you're not going to want to do that. And customize helps a lot, a lot with that. But for those who are you looking for uh, templating tools, Helm is um, supported with and, and used a lot with, uh, with GitOps. So th those are kind of some of the things um, that, that I look out for, you know, and also just like Docker, right? And so a, a, lot, of, a lot of people or containerization, right? There's Docker, there's, um, there's Podman. There, I think Rancher has, uh, um, you know, um, a specific implementation of the Run-C. And so, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's really the, the Kubernetes workflow of building containers and trying to deploy those. And really that's kind of like the, the, the background you're going to need. You're going to, you know, you're, if you want to get really familiar with GetOps, you, you really need to be familiar with Kubernetes and how, um, you know, Kubernetes works really because GetOps is modeled after Kubernetes, kind of like declarative you know, domain, you know, the, the, the closed control loops, right. You know, we're going to, if you, if you really want to get into, you know, a theory here, uh, if you, you know, you kind of get it, get into those things, but like kind of just kind of be familiar with, you know, the, the, the aspects of it, because uh, things like Argo CD, things like Flux work on Kubernetes. And so you're going to have to, um, you know, get really familiar on how, how, how things work in Kubernetes. Hey, Ethan here, interrupting this podcast for a word from IT Pro TV. IT Pro TV is online technical training to help you start or grow your IT career. And what are those career options right now in 2022? Tons of them. For instance, cybersecurity with more than 500,000 open cybersecurity roles. You could become a cybersecurity professional with online training from IT Pro TV. Or maybe security is not your thing. No problem. IT Pro TV has you covered with all sorts of courses from across the IT spectrum, from CompTIA and Cisco to EC Council and Microsoft. In fact, there are more than 5,800 hours of on-demand training presented to you by engaging hosts who deliver the information in a talk show-like format. The instructors are live every day with shows going studio to web in 24 hours. Courses are conveniently listed by category, certification, and job role, so you can find whatever you're looking for easily. You can also learn from wherever you're at on whatever platform you like to consume media with. Stream IT Pro TV's courses live and on demand from anywhere via Roku, Apple TV, PC, or their iOS or Android apps. Learn IT, pass your certs, and get a great job with IT Pro TV. Visit itpro.tv slash full for 30% off all plans and use promo code full at checkout. That is itpro.tv slash full 
and use promo code FULL at checkout. One more time, itpro.tv slash FULL, and then use that promo code FULL at checkout to save 30% off all plans. And now back to Full Snack Journey with Scott Lowe. Yeah, perfect. I'll include that list in the show notes, and and I'll include a link I, uh, for customize. I, I agree with your assessment. It's not a not a templating tool. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, I'll include some links to some articles I've written on customize on my own website, and uh, if we find any other useful uh, tooling or links, we'll be sure to include those as well. I recently re- got reintroduced to YQ, which is a super handy tool for manipulating yeah. YAML maybe not as useful as customized in this context, but we can have a different discussion about that some yeah. other time. <laughs> so, and then thinking about this, like, um, you know, it feels like in addition to the technical side of this tooling and all that, that there should ideally be some organizational operational people side things that we need to worry about as well. Is that, is that reasonable? Oh yeah, that's hundred percent. Correct, right? And so um, GitOps, you can't do GitOps without DevOps. That's just, it's, it, it, it won't work, right? And so, you know, in, in the end, you're just kind of have to have, you have, you know, if you're, if you're trying to do GitOps without DevOps, you really just have kind of like infrastructure as code kind of workflow. Uh, since GitOps was born out of DevOps, really it's, it's a people and process conversation as well, because I, 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 I get asked about this constantly and, you know, about, you know, GitOps and how, how can I implement GitOps? And it's like, well, let, let's take a look at your, your organization and let's take a look at how you currently do things. You, you, you really should essentially break down the communication barriers, like how DevOps tells you to do between, between departments, because it just won't work any other way. I've, I've spoken with, with people who've had um, issues with things like, repository structures, right? So repo structures, GitOps repo structures, directory structures, you're going to have a lot of directories in a GitOps repo structure, things that aren't working for them because, you know, it's like, well, we're trying to do something and it's just, it's just not working out. It's, it's actually making things harder. And, it, and I always talk about it's, it's, the problem is always Conway's law, right? So the Conway's law, for, for those who don't know, is that people or organizations design systems that directly mirror their communication structure, right? So if your communication structure is broken, right? If, 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 you, if you are siloed, right? If you are throwing over the fence sort of thing, if you're pre-DevOps, that's how your things are going to look like when you try to implement GetOps. And it's going to be like, well, GetOps doesn't work. GetOps is, is broken. GetOps, you know, we're having trouble. Everything's harder with GetOps. It's like, well, you can't, you know, again, you know, I think we're going to be quoting Kelsey Hightower, I think for the rest of our careers, right? <laughs> Until we retire, because just... Some of the things he says, you can't rub Kubernetes on, you know, your infrastructure and make things better, right? Things don't work that way. And it's the same with GetOps, I think. It's like you can't, you know, try to use GetOps to fix your communication structure. You have to fix your communication structure in order to use GetOps. And so I think it, it is, since it's a DevOps tool, you, you really have to, you know, after researching, you know, the tools, after, you know, you know researching the tech and getting familiar with the tech, it really, you have to kind of just have that conversation, you know, with, with either with yourself or, you know, with your, with the grander team is like, okay, how is our communication structure? How, how are we going to implement this? And what do we have to change in order to leverage this? Right. It, it's, it's that, it's that kind of conversation, right? Like how, how do, how do we need to change in order to leverage this tool? You know, there's, there's, uh, 
you know, we can leverage this tool. There's, there's advantages to this tool, but we need to change to make advantages to it. Right. And so, you know, I guess bringing this back around, it's, it's a DevOps conversation, right? GitOps is, is not a conversation on its own. It's essentially have the DevOps conversation and then GitOps just slides really easily into that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And we've had lots of discussions with lots of different guests around sort of that people and process perspective of it, of helping folks who are hardcore into networking sort of reshape how their networking team works and operates by embracing some of these principles. Um, I'm going to ask a question though that might be a little controversial. You know, mm -hmm. I come from a, a heavy infrastructure background. You know, I spent years in the vSphere space and and then now in Kubernetes and and you know, infrastructure as code and cloud and that kind of thing. And I suspect that there's a fair number of listeners out there who are probably in, in coming from a similar background. You know, ideally, we need to sort of embrace the full range of DevOps and, and eliminate all those barriers. But in the event that, you know, we're constrained, can infrastructure teams who are responsible for managing maybe just the platform and not necessarily the pieces that are being deployed on the platform, would they be able to get a benefit out of deploying GitOps in sort of in their realm, right? Managing that cluster sprawl, managing the configuration of that cluster estate, and, may, and maybe building um, a, you know, a, a starting point for the rest of the organization to begin to transform as well. Like, would you consider that to be reasonable? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, and usually that's um, the conversations that I've had, um, you know, with people, especially at Red Hat, right? Red Hat customers and now with, with CodeFresh, you know, talking to those customers and people just getting started. That's honestly where they where they start first, right? And so the, the these tools, these practices were kind of... Um, were, were matured from the SRE organization and which fits really, really naturally into like operations and infrastructure teams um, because they reap those same benefits immediately, right? Cluster sprawl, you know, configuration drift, right? That, that, that sort of thing that they kind of want to manage now in this new world with Kubernetes. Um, they see those immediate benefits, right? And so, and, and really putting, you know, at first kind of putting guardrails, right? Around this new technology, this new, you know, fast, you know, Fast developing, right? You know, this whole, you know, not only continuous um, delivery, but continuous deployment as well, right? Like that whole aspect of, you know, fail first, fail often, you know, sort of, sort of idea from that that came from Netflix, right? Um, fail fast sort of thing. The They really put guard, guardrails around that, right? And really they're using it as a a security aspect or security barrier, right? They, they know they have a... Not only they know the state of the cluster that it's in, but they also have an audit trail inside of Git of who changed what and when and who approved it and what time. You know, you know, uh, you know, helping with um, RCAs as well, right? In, in case there was an outage or you need to roll back, right? It's basically as, as simple as as you know, reverting your Git tag, right, to to the previous version, and then all of a sudden everything's back at the the original version, which helps when you're using Kubernetes and immutable infrastructure because things are just like that easy. And so that's that's a very natural place to start, right? It's like natural place. And uh, I think personally, the, the most, the best place to start is, okay, let's kind of get the infrastructure ready, right? Like let's, let's make the playground safe, right? Before we let the developers on it. That's, 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 that's a hundred percent, I think, um, where a lot of people start. And I think that's, that's totally fair assessment. Perfect, perfect. I just, I want to make sure listeners know, like, you know, the, the reality is that, um, you know, 
transformation is a is a is a is a big deal, right? It takes time, it takes effort, and it doesn't happen overnight. And at least they can start within you know their realm of you know infrastructure management and platform management, all that kind of stuff, and begin to embrace these techniques and these tools. And then you know, like you said, make the playground safe before we you know we go on from there, right? And so I think that's a um, it just helps listeners know like, hey. It's okay if you got a lot of work ahead of you. You can start here and then take it one step at a time, right? And uh, and then just go from there. You don't you don't have to like boil the ocean and yeah. reinvent your entire organization, you know, overnight or whatever, right? Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, we are um, you know coming up on the end of our time window here. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, Christian. I really appreciate you being on. Why don't you just remind listeners again of you know where they can find you online in case they want to follow you or listen to the, some of the resources that you're sharing, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, you can, um, the best place to find me is on Twitter, Christian H814, right? Uh, so um, you'll have those in the show notes. So hopefully you'll have that link there, Christian H814, but those who are listening can follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm always talking about, you know, DevOps, especially GitOps, all of that, all of those things. Um, I'll also invite those who are interested in getting a free training for GitOps and Argo CD. Uh, CodeFresh has a certification a GitOps certification course. There is um, a, a beginner's certification. Um, it's, it's called um, GitOps Certified with Argo CD. So that is under codefresh.learnwords.com. Again, codefresh.learnwords.com. I will also send that link out or um, you know, follow me on Twitter. I'll be tweeting about it. This is really, and, and it's absolutely free, free of charge, right? That's what they're telling me. They're, for now, it's for free. So you know, sign up on it before they change their minds. Um, it's a it's a certification course for Argo CD and GitOps. It's really takes you from zero and uh, teaches you about GitOps. Uh, it's it's self paced, interactive. So check that out as well. And yeah, happy to be here. Ha- happy to talk about GitOps. Thank you again for inviting me on. Yeah, awesome. I think this was a super great conversation. I think uh, you were able to share a ton of useful information that listeners will find. Uh, helpful. So thanks so much, Christian. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode, listeners. I want to thank you again for joining me and Christian on this episode of the Full Stack Journey podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode or any other episode of the podcast. So feel free to reach out to me anytime. Um, Like Christian, you find me most of the time on Twitter. Uh, You can reach the podcast at at FSJ podcast on Twitter. You can reach me, Scott Lowe, your host is at Scott underscore Lowe on Twitter. Either way is fine. I, I monitor both and I'm happy to respond to both. Um, and would certainly love to hear from you and uh, give us some feedback. Uh, if you get a chance to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, that helps us discover and be discovered by new listeners. So we would certainly appreciate that. This is the Full Stack Journey podcast, where too much learning is never enough. Mm-hmm.